Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Welcome to those who are joining online as well. Um, it's good to be here in God's house. Um, I don't know about you, I'm excited to be in God's house today. Are you excited? Yes. That's quite affirmative, I like it. Just remember, people who've got masks on, I need big body language, okay? When I can't see your faces, you know, we've all been trying uh, so hard to smile with our eyes, aren't we? It's like, <laughs> just so that people know you're smiling, it's the weirdest thing. But it's good to be here and uh, good to be in God's house. And just remember, uh, when we're with each other, just to remember to respect each other's space and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's good to be here. And I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to, to being in God's house, to worshiping God this morning. We've been practicing the songs this morning. Looking forward to us being able to sing. And, uh, you know, if you're online, just so that you've got a little bit of warning, uh, we're going to do communion today. Uh, so if you just get yourself ready for that. And uh, let, let's just worship God. Let's pray as we come into his presence today. God's already here. We're already in his presence, but we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and just to be in this place today. Father, we thank you that you're with us. Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit lives within us. Lord, that your Holy Spirit wants to, to, to speak into our hearts, desires to speak, longs to speak into our hearts. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to really uh, position ourselves so that we can hear what you want to say. Lord, we pray um, about every distraction today, everything that's been going on in our lives prior to us coming to this point today. Father, we pray that you just uh, cause that to be still. Father, just as Jesus calmed the storm, Father, we pray that you would calm whatever is going on inside of us. Lord, that we may be able to, to, to really interact with you today, to hear your voice. Father, we pray that as we worship you in all the different ways that we'll do today, Father, that we would experience your presence in this place today. Father, as we take communion, Father, we, we realize that it's by your stripes we're healed, by Jesus' stripes. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died on a cross, taking our sin and our guilt, everything that's, that, that would make our lives black. He took that upon himself in order that we could be forgiven, that we could be set free, that we would be able to walk with a spring in our step and just having a, a lightness in, in ourselves. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to realize that today, that Jesus has died to, to save us, that he is the one who loves us with just such a, a passion, um, incomparable passion. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died for us. And Lord, we're, we're, we're wanting to worship you today, to, to be so thankful for Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come into this service today. Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us. May we be so aware of your presence in this place today. And so, Father, we just, we just invite you to come. And Lord, we pray that our hearts would be receptive to all that you want to, to do in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
Let's just really stay in an atmosphere of worship today as we read some verses from Scripture and as we prepare to take communion. In the prayer at the start, I referenced a, a scripture from Isaiah chapter 53 where it says that by his stripes we're healed. You know, Jesus died on that cross so that we could be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's all accomplished in what Jesus did on the cross for us. I'm going to read some words uh, words from Mark's gospel just in, in this moment where Jesus instituted this thing called the Lord's Supper Communion. You know, we know it by many different names. But my prayer, Father, I just ask this, that as we take as we take the, the bread which reminds us of Jesus' body which was broken for us, as we take the wine which reminds us of his blood, Father, we pray that there'd be just a divine transaction today. Father, in, in taking the, the bread and wine, Father, we pray that you'd come and that you'd meet with us because, Father, there are people in here who, today who have emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs. And Father, we pray that you will just minister your healing, Father, to, to us today, Father, body, soul, and or spirit. Father, whatever we need, Father, we just pray that as we come and remember what Jesus has done for us in this act, Father, we pray that you would just come and meet with us today. You know, Jesus said uh, in Mark, uh, this, is, this is what is said, as, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, take, eat, for this is my body. It wasn't meaning that it was his actual body, but it was a symbol of what was about to happen, that his body was going to be broken for the disciples and, and for us and for all people of all time. And he, and he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant. The covenant is the agreement. It's God's agreement with human beings. This new covenant, God's new agreement. You see, it wasn't about it wasn't about rules and regulations and trying to obey some written commandments in our own strength. It was about God coming and living in us through his spirit so that we would have the power coming from within us to do what God wants us to do to obey the voice of God and to, to live the, the way he wants us to. This is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. And Father, we pray, we pray that you would help us to really realize afresh what Jesus has done for us today. Father, we thank you that, that he is at the center of our gathering. Father, that there is power in the shed blood of Jesus to bring healing, to bring freedom, to bring release for the captives, to bring sight to the blind. Father, to bring emotional, physical, spiritual healing. Father, it's all accomplished because Jesus was able to say when he was on that cross, it is finished. He had accomplished his mission. Father, we thank you that Jesus just didn't stay uh, dead. He didn't stay in that tomb. But Father, on the third day, he rose again and he appeared to his disciples, to Mary, Father, to many, so many people over the course of 40 days before he was finally uh, taken up into heaven to be with you. Father, we thank you for the reality of the resurrection. 
Father, we thank you that Jesus is still alive, that he is in heaven, seated at your right hand, and he prays for us. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which is here today and prays from, for us from deep within us. And so, Father, help us to experience these things afresh. In Jesus' name we ask. Let's just prepare to take uh, the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your body, which was broken for us. Jesus, we can't imagine what it cost you when you were in that garden praying and you asked your disciples to wait with you and to pray with you and they fell asleep. Father, we can't imagine the pain that Jesus went through when he had to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Father, help us as we take this bread to remember his body which was broken for us. In Jesus' name we ask. to take the wine Father we remember that blood of Jesus which was poured out all the way through what he experienced that day, that Friday we call it Good Friday Father we thank you for the blood of Jesus which brings healing to us Father which brings freedom to us Father which is the, the promise of this new life that we can have in you Father, not something that we try to, to work up or try to do in our own strength, but Father, something that you do in us. It's you that does it, Father. We thank you for your grace. Let's take the, the wine as it reminds us of the blood of Jesus together this morning. Let's just pray. Father, we come before you and we recognize that there are, Lord, many needs in our world. Father, there's a sense in which we just wish that everyone in this world could know the peace that's available in Jesus, the peace that's available as your Holy Spirit lives in us and helps us to live a life of peace. Father, we live in a world that's full of turmoil. And so, Lord, we, we pray for your church in the midst of all this. Lord, we pray that your church, as your church, we're, we're only a tiny part of your church in this world. Father, we pray that your church would rise up and be all that you call it to be. Father, we pray that you'd move in power in your church in the UK. Father, we need to see your power uh, moving in your, in your church in, in new ways. And Lord, I, I pray for this fellowship. Lord, we pray that we would see your power move in just phenomenal ways. And Father, we just bring before you everyone who has a heavy heart today. Father, those who struggle with grief and 
Father, who are still going through that process, Lord, we just pray that your peace would descend upon them. The peace of God, that peace of the Holy Spirit. The peace of the Prince of Peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. May it guard every heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And Father, for those who are looking for direction in life at the moment, Lord, we pray that your voice would be so clear. Lord, we just pray that each person who's looking for that clear, direct word from you, Father, would hear that that real sense of direction in their spirits. And Lord, that they would know that you're leading them. Lord, knowing that you are the one who's taking them forward. And so, Lord, we just pray, help us to hear your voice. Help us to be totally open to what you want to say. And Lord, we pray that as we come uh, to just consider your word for a short time this morning, Lord, we pray that you would speak through it. Lord, may our hearts and minds be open to hear what you want to say. Let's just be still for a moment. I just feel that the Holy Spirit wants us just to be still. And uh, can I just invite you to pray a prayer into your own heart and within yourself? Can I invite you to pray that, just a simple prayer? Come, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Just pray that prayer and let's just be still for a few, a few moments before we move on. says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one that is given through the spirit the message of wisdom to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues 
and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And the, the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation in the church today. And Bet just shared a message in tongues there, in a heavenly language, uh, which the Holy Spirit just allows to, to flow into her heart. And I just feel that what God is saying today is that for some people today, it's time to sharpen your axe. The interpretation of this message is that it's time to sharpen your axe. You see, you've been trying so hard to do things in your own strength. You've been using a lot of energy to try and achieve what you feel God's wanting you to do. And and you've been doing things in your own strength And I think what God is saying to some people today, maybe more than one, certainly for one person, you need to sharpen your axe. It's about sharpening your spiritual life, which is about not trying to do it on your own. It's about inviting God in to help you to do the thing that you're struggling to do just now. And maybe for some people today, you're struggling to to kind of gain victory in a certain area of life as a Christian. And I feel God is saying that you need to just let go and let him come into the situation and allow him to work in that situation so that you are able to do the thing that you're striving just now to do. And he's saying it's time to stop striving and begin depending on him and his strength. Sharpen your axe. Don't depend on your own strength. Allow God to come in and to work in and through you and he will give you the victory that you are looking for in your life. I would just encourage you, if that means something to you, then come and have a chat with us at the end so that we know and we can really pray for you and help you on your way. Father, we just pray, help us to hear what you want to say to us today. Lord, as we open up scripture and as we think about the boy Samuel for a while, Father, as we think about how to discern the voice of God in our lives, Father, we pray, may our spiritual eyes and ears be open to hear what you want us to hear, to understand what you want us to understand, to see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the guys who have been leading us today and uh, done a great job. Thank you. I'm sure we could show them our appreciation. Yeah, today I want to just think for a little while about discerning the voice of God. We were thinking last week about hearing the voice of God. This week I want us to think about how do we, how do we know that it's God that's speaking to us? And, uh, you know, over the last couple of Wednesdays, we've been looking at this whole thing about prophecy. How does God speak to us? We've been looking at that on a Wednesday night. And we'll have our third session uh, this Wednesday night, and it will be entitled, What is the Spirit of Prophecy, the Gift of Prophecy, and the Office of the Prophet? And so we'll be thinking about that this week. And so that that starts at 7.30 on Wednesday night. We also have prayer on a Monday at 9.30. If you want to join that, you're more than welcome to. Um, I know that the guys who go to that are really just being so blessed by it. Um, One other thing I need to do, uh, sorry, track and trace. This is one of the things we said we would do is just kind of take a photograph. So uh, I really, I find this such a disruption, but there you go. Hopefully those photographs work. 
Um, but yeah, just if you want to turn in your Bible to First Samuel chapter 3, we're going to read uh, a few verses from First Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today. It's a more modern translation of the Bible. Um, if you use the King James Version, the authorized version, it's actually translated kind of word for word and tries to convey that type of uh, meaning, whereas the New Living uh, tries to actually encapsulate the meaning of the text and communicate it in sort of modern language. Uh, so I'm going to read from that one today. And the whole theme today is about discerning the voice of God. How do you know that it's God that's speaking to you? And I'm sure if we opened up this mic to actually invite people up and come and tell stories about how God has spoken to them, we would realize that God speaks in so many different ways. I, you know, as the pastor of the church, I, I know so many of the ways that God has spoken to you, and it's really encouraging. So I, I want to encourage us to lean in to hear the voice of God and to really discern what he is saying. So are we all okay? You sure? Okay. Remember, big body language. Uh, just so that you know, um, for those who are online, leave comments, thumbs up if you're on YouTube. You can leave comments on YouTube as well. Let's read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, and uh, I just want to hopefully bring a, a quick word to us today. And uh, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Just in case you don't know, Samuel was like a kind of miracle child. His mum, Hannah, hadn't been able to conceive, and she was in the temple. She was praying for a child. Eli was the priest at the time. Eli saw her so emotional sitting, uh, praying, and he actually thought she was drunk, but she wasn't drunk. She was just really emotional, praying, God, give me a child, and if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him to you. And that's what she did. A year later, she had a child, and when he was old enough, she brought him to the temple, and he stayed in the temple with the priest Eli. Eli is the guy we're talking about he, here. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called again, uh, sorry, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Verse 10, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. 
I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he isn't disciplining them. So I have vowed that these, the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offering. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Here's this young lad, still in single figures, lying in his bed at night, and he hears the audible voice of God saying his name. I have never heard an audible voice coming from heaven. I have, some people have, but I have never heard that. But here is Samuel, and he hears this voice. You know, we're talking about prophecy on the Wednesday nights. We had Alan with us a couple of weeks ago in the church, the voice of prophecy coming into the church. And I I found it interesting that before Alan had come, I had already planned to talk about prophecy on the Wednesday nights. I'd already made that decision. We're going to look at this and try and understand what God is saying here. And lo and behold, Alan came And this is one of the things which he said. I'll just flick it up on the screen. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen. There we go. And the Lord says, I will be bashing against your paradigms. I will deliberately discomfort you as a people so you cannot blend the new in with the old, but will be willing, says the Lord, to move into a time of being a fresh canvas in the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember I'm saying that? I thought that was so powerful. What is a paradigm? A paradigm is a typical example or pattern of something, a pattern or a model. Do you know that every church has a way of doing things? Every church has a way of thinking and a way of working, and it becomes our habits, it becomes our culture as a church. Every church is the same. And I think what God is saying, or what God was saying through Alan and is still saying, is that he wants to come against not in a negative way, but for his purposes and in a positive way to come against our patterns, our ways of doing things, and to deliberately make us feel uncomfortable. That sounds cheery, doesn't it? Who loves feeling uncomfortable? Nobody loves feeling... I hate feeling uncomfortable. I am the world's worst with change. I don't like change. But sometimes when God wants to do something new, he has to change in order for us to be able to change, he has to do some new things. And then he went on to say this, but the Lord says, as a congregation in a time of sabbatical rest, I am birthing within you deeper prophetic expression. I'm deepening your prophetic capacity as a church, says the Lord, that will be so vital for unity of vision stepping forward deepening your prophetic capacity, that prophetic expression. And I thought, that was amazing. We had already planned, as I said, to look at this whole subject of prophecy on a Wednesday night on our Zoom call before Alan had came to, to give that message to us. And I, I just kind of felt I need to clarify something. You know, maybe for those who are joining online and you're not... Uh, maybe part of this church, Uh, you've been joining us online for a while, I felt it was important to maybe describe something here, something that prophecy is not. You see, 
prophecy, when a, a prophet comes or when we have a word from God, it's not about fortune telling and it's not about spiritualism. These things are strictly for, forbidden in the Bible. Let me read a couple of verses just to illustrate. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19 says, when men tell you to consult mediums or spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? And he's saying, when we need to hear direction in our lives, we go to God. We don't go to fortune tellers. We don't go to spiritualists. But it's not just an Old Testament problem. In Acts chapter 16, verse 16, we read this. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, this is Luke who's speaking, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit, a spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, but she had a spirit. And by that spirit, she was able to predict the future. And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. We read later on that, uh, she was prayed for and that spirit left her and she was no, able, no longer able to do that. And these are, these are things that we need to be aware of. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, when it comes to prophecy, we're not talking about fortune telling, we're not talking about spiritualism, none of those kind of things that the Bible actually clearly talks about and condemns. What we're talking about is when the Holy Spirit drops a word into us and we share that word to others. Now, to give you an example, hearing God is not just about tuning in, it's about tuning other things out, okay? Now, when I was young, like probably Samuel's age, maybe a bit older, one of my fascinations was radio and electronics. I've always had something about that. That's why I ended up getting into that as, as my profession. And I used to make little radios. These little radios had a few parts. They didn't need batteries. All you needed was a decent antenna and it needed to be grounded as well. And you would adjust this thing called a capacitor, and you'd have your little earpiece, and you'd, you'd tune in, and you'd hear a radio frequency, and somebody then would, would begin to speak in your ear in this wee earpiece. And I found it really exciting that, that I could do this. I could tune in to, to what was going on around about me. Did you realize that you're surrounded by radio waves? Can you hear them? No. Can you see them? No. Can you feel them? No. But the reality is we're surrounded by radio waves. Satellite dishes, transmitters, we're surrounded. All we need is the right equipment to tune in. And that was one of my fascinations, was doing these little uh, radios to tune in to what was happening around about me. But the point I want to try and make is that in order to tune in to that radio signal, we need to tune out of the other one's that are on the side. Sometimes you would tune into something, you would hear somebody talking, but then you'd hear something else, and it was like you were tuned into two things at the same time. And so I realized that we need to sort of tune the radio so that we're only listening to the one thing. And it's like that when we're coming to think about listening to God. We need to tune into God, but tuning in is tuning out of the other stuff that's happening in life. And one of the things that struck me as I was thinking about that little example, if you didn't ground that little, uh, well, they used to call them cat's whisker, these old uh, radios. Uh, if you didn't ground it, it wouldn't work. And it just made me think, we need to be grounded as well. We need to be grounded as Christians. We need to be grounded in the word of God. But let's think about uh, Samuel for just a little second. 
Um, and this whole story, if you read it in First Samuel, if you read the, 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 the chapters before and after, you'll realize that Eli's sons were actually, uh, they were going off the rails. They were supposed to be good people. They were supposed to be priests serving God, but they were only serving themselves. And it says in First Samuel chapter 2, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. They were greedy for personal gain. And Eli challenged them. And in verse 25, it says, but Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father. And they were sinning against God. Then in First Samuel 3, we read about it. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Sometimes it feels like that. We sometimes feel like we're living in a season where messages from the Lord are rare and when visions are uncommon. And I would encourage us, when we feel that God is silent, to keep persevering, to keep staying faithful to Him, to keep serving with humility. But what does it say? It says, suddenly... The Lord called out Samuel suddenly. And I just, as I read that, it reminded me of the message from a few weeks ago. Suddenly. If we are staying faithful to God, then there'll be that suddenly moment when God will come and speak. And I'll share an example of that in just a little minute. And it certainly seems like an audible voice to Samuel because Samuel thought it was Eli who was through in the other room. And so he went through to Eli and he said, yep, what's, what's happening? What do you need? I'm here. I'm here to help. And Eli goes, is this boy going off his head? You know, I didn't say anything. Just go back to bed and, and uh, have a sleep. Probably had too much cheese the night before. Um, no, no, it was actually the voice of God. And we can hear the voice of God as well, but not actually discern that it's God who's speaking to us. Verse uh, 7 in that passage says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had... Uh, never had a message from the Lord before. He'd never had a message. Sorry, that's the, the scripture from the last time. That one there is the one I'm after. He'd never heard God speak to him before. And so when he heard this voice, he didn't know who it was. He thought it was Eli the priest saying, you know, come and give me a hand with something. But eventually we read in verse 8 that Eli realized what was happening I don't know if it was because uh, messages were rare in that time that Eli maybe even wasn't expecting God to speak. I don't know, are you expecting God to speak? Some people are. I think we should expect that God's going to speak because God is more willing to speak than we are sometimes to listen. And then God called out again, and Samuel responded with readiness. Samuel replied, speak your servant is listening. And there's a sense in which if we want to hear the voice of God in our lives, we need to be willing and we need to be ready to, to hear, not only hear what God says, but to put it into practice. Because always when God gives us a word, there's this whole thing about obedience and actually putting into practice the thing that God says. I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. He says, uh, action springs not from thought, from our readiness for responsibility. Action springs not from thought, but for our, from a readiness for responsibility. I think God has many of us in a process right now where he is getting us ready for him to come and speak. 
And if we're ready to listen, God is willing to speak. But we also need to be willing to put into practice what he's saying. I want to give you I want to give you a worked example. It's a personal example. Maybe you've heard this before, uh, maybe not. And can I just encourage you, it's good to recall the things that God has said to you. Can I encourage you, if you hear God saying something to you, write it down, put a date next to it. And when you put a date next to it, remember to put the year. I used to forget to do that all the time. Remember to put the year. Because God doesn't always work instantaneously. Sometimes he works, and I think often he works, over a process of time. And so it's good to recall, as we walk through that process, recall what God has said to us. I remember on one occasion, I'm going to put up another slide. This is, this is uh, if you can see this, this is the, the word for today, the devotional. That's, that's going to be part of what I refer to. But there's something in my journal which is undated, and this is what it says. Prayer over me by Mark Ritchie, that I would be the head, not the tail. Mark Ritchie, not the comedian Mark, who some of you know, Mark Ritchie, who used to be part of our church many years ago. One occasion he prayed over me at some point in, in, in church life that I would be the head and not the tail. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And then I kind of quickly forgot about it. Until, until the 14th of March, 2003, and Mary was doing her devotional, and this, this is the one that she was doing, and she came through, she came running through, and she pointed this out to me uh, from UCB, and I'll not read it all, but I'll read part of it, and this is the part, uh, perhaps you know God called you to your present position. At that point in time, I was working for Scottish Crusaders, which is now Urban Saints. I was three years in and enjoying what I did. Uh, and it says, perhaps you know God called you to your present position, but you still feel out of place. You may feel as though you have no right to be there. Dismiss those feelings. For whom God calls, he equips. And whom he equips, he uses. He has more potential invested in you than you could realize in a lifetime. Man, don't we all need encouragement? Do you need encouragement? I need encouragement all the time. And God is so gracious. And then it went on to say this in this devotional, and this is what almost like knocked me off my feet. Didn't he tell you he would do a new thing? And we read that, that the scripture that it references there is Isaiah 43, 19. Yes, he did. In 1999, when Jeanette shared that very same scripture with me and an encouragement that goes along with it. And so God had already said, yes, I'm going to do a new thing. And then it goes on to say, didn't he say you'd be the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. Yes, just in the last few weeks, he said that to me through that prayer. And the, the language of this devotional blew me away. And then it went on to say, well, it's starting to happen, so get in place and stay there. Get in place and stay there. God is beginning to speak. God is beginning to move and God is beginning to do something. And then on the 29th of March, in my own devotional, which was a faith's checkbook by Charles Spurgeon, uh, it says uh, the verse was from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. Again, the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And the theme for this, the fulfillment of this was obedience. We 
should be careful to listen to sermons because in sermons there should always be a prophetic edge. We're sharing the word of God. That was on the Saturday. Then the following day, the Sunday, again Mark was speaking and he spoke at church that night and quoted Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. The theme of his message was obedience. Should we be surprised? Because if you read Deuteronomy 28, 13, you realize that what has been said has been said to the people of Israel. And if they obeyed God, if they, were, if they chose to obey, then these things would happen. They would be blessed as a nation and they would become the head above other nations. But God was using that scripture to speak to me about something that would come. Now, here's the thing when God speaks. We try to apply it to our lives there and then, forgetting that God is always working in process. I made a joke a few weeks ago about how God shows me things years in advance. Can I just say that that's not just a me thing? It's not just because I'm slow. It's because we are slow. Because God puts us into something that begins a process of shaping us for the thing that's to come. Often when God begins to speak to us, we're not in the place, we're not ready to fulfill the thing that God has said, but he puts us into process and he's working in the process. So as much as we have the suddenly moments, God is at work in the process to make us and to shape us into the people that he wants us to be. And I remember at the time thinking, this was 2003. It was a time of transition in a sense for me. My boss had left um, and I kind of thought, this, this is going to be, this is going to be uh, me at some point in time being number one in, in Crusaders and, and, and that didn't happen. You know, but before, this, before this, I had been through uh, an interview uh, for the director post and I didn't get it and I was so disappointed because I thought it just kind of felt right. And then when you hear all this stuff later on, you go, hmm, I thought that, was, I thought might, uh, that might have been the right thing for me, but it turns out it wasn't. And yet God's still saying that you're going to be the, the head, not the tail. I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means. But what God was beginning to do is he was beginning to sow things in my life that would be for what would be to come. And the most important part was this whole thing about obedience. Get into place and stay there. Get into place and stay there. Be faithful in the small things, the Bible says. Sometimes we, we kind of think that, that being, when, when it comes to, to that type of thing, we think, oh man, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to be this big superstar, blah, blah, blah. That's not how it works. When God says to you, you're going to be the head, not the tail, what he's doing is he's putting you down into the valley to kind of like knock you into shape <laughs> so that, you know, you don't get carried away with yourself and think you're the bee's knees. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that in that process, in that very short period of time, God had been clearly speaking, and I now know that where I am today is as a fulfillment of that word. I, you, you know me, right? I'm the pastor of this church. Everybody, I think, knows me well enough. Probably most of the people who are online know me well enough by now to know that I am not the person who kind of boasts about being the head. You, you know that, don't you? You know that. I, I'm not like, I don't need to be numero uno. It's just not who I am as a person. And sometimes it, it just kind of blows me away the way God uses us uh, in the process. And I'm going to read something just really quickly. Uh, I know that time's marching on. But God wants to speak to us where we're at and what he's looking for us 
is for us to be willing and open to listen to what he says. Prepared and ready to listen. Samuel was just a kid who heard the voice of God. Eli was the old guy who should have known what was happening, and yet he didn't. And I'm going to read something. I've been reading this book here. It's called Surprised by the Voice of God. It's written by a man called Jack Deere. And he talks about Jack um, was a professor um, at a theological college in Dallas. Um, he actually didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today, etc., etc. Um, and he, he talks about a time where they took uh, some sabbatical time as a family. They moved to Germany, and he was learning the language. And this guy, by the way, he knows New Testament Greek inside out. He knows New Testament Hebrew inside out. He enjoys studying languages. And here he is uh, learning German. And then he, he goes on in page 168 of this book to say, I find out that the process of learning the language of the Holy Spirit is similar to the process of learning any foreign language. In 1984, I took a sabbatical from my teaching duties at seminary and moved with my family to southern Germany for a year. When we moved there, I could read academic German very, uh, very formal, uh, sorry, sorry, very, very slowly, but I could not speak conversational German. I entered formal school to learn conversational German. My goal was to learn to think in German so I would be able to read uh, academic German more rapidly. Our children were three, five, and seven when they moved to a small village at the Black Forest of Germany. Sorry, in the Black Forest of Germany. We put the children into a German-speaking school. They had no prior instruction in German or formal training in English for that matter. While I had had a great deal of linguistic training, had studied a number of languages, and was going through a very rigorous formal training in German language. At the end of the year, my children spoke German so well, they actually sounded like Germans. This is Jack Deere uh, as he is today. And this is what he said there. That blew my mind away. At the end of the year, my children spoke German so well, they actually sounded like Germans. They had no, uh, virtually no American accent, but even though I spoke German well enough to carry on conversations and go any place in the country I wanted, I had a horrible accent. Every German I conversed with recognized me as an American, even though I was speaking German. I knew much more German grammar and vocabulary than my children, but they actually spoke the language better. This illustrates what language teachers all over the world have always known. The best time to learn a language is when you are very young. It blew me away that here's a man who was learned in languages and his kids picked it up quicker than he did because they were motivated. They were in a school where that's all they heard was German all the time. They wanted to play with other kids and get on with other kids. And here he is. He's the linguist. He's the guy who's got it all up here. And he is struggling. And it made me think about Jack and his journey that he went through in, in order to hear the voice of God in his own life in a fresh, in a fresh way. Sometimes it's the little children that pick things up quicker. I would encourage us to become like little children when it comes to listening to God. We, we want to hear the voice of God, and we, if we do that, we need to become like little children in order to hear what God wants to say to us. Not to become childish, 
Paul said when he became a man, he put childish things behind him. We're not talking about being childish and simplistic. What we're talking about is a, an attitude of hum, humility and just that listening to what God wants to, to say to us. And ultimately, what you tune into is what you'll hear. Tuning in to the voice of God in our lives. We can tune into all sorts of things over the course of a week. Social media, internet, YouTube, TV. And I came across a new term this week. I learned something new this week. I came across the term FOMO. Does anybody know what FOMO means? Fear of missing out. Yeah, I came across a new term. I learned something new this week. FOMO, fear of missing out. Man, we're on these things all the time because maybe we're scared of missing out on the latest thing that's happening, the latest piece of gossip. And we wonder sometimes why we can't hear the voice of God because God wants to speak and we want to hear. And we're saying, God, why can't I hear you? But tuning into the voice of God, is it's not just about tuning in, it's about tuning other things out. It's about tuning other things out. I'm not knocking social media and all the stuff that I was talking about there. But we need to learn to be still. I can't remember. I was away somewhere recently and I'd forgotten to take my phone. I was like, oh, I don't have have my phone. And I was like, oh, remember the days where we used to go places and we didn't have phones? Right? Some people are nodding because they're old enough to remember that. Some of you are going like, no phone. I remember the days where we just go out for a whole day and nobody knew where we were and there was no phone and there was no text. And We need to learn to be still. We need to learn to unplug from the mayhem of life. We need to practice Sabbath, which includes being part of church, rest and worship. We need to spend time in solitude with God, those times alone where it's just us and God, no phone, no beeps, no pings, no distractions, us and God. And when we get into that place, that prayerful place, we will learn to hear and discern the voice of God. Come back to the the analogy Mary used. It wasn't an analogy. She was praying in the prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago, and she said that as a child, they learn to recognize the voice of their parent. And the, the parent, you know, I remember the days where this place was absolutely full of people and there was lots of noise. And something would happen and a child would cr- fall down and start crying. And you would see that parent right away go, that's my kid. Where are they? What's happened? Because you tune in to the voice of your own kid. And it's, it's like that with God. We can only learn to tune in by taking the time to get rid of all the distractions, to tune out of all the noise of life and focus in on him. Mark Batterson in his book, Draw the Circle, said this, prayer is the key to perception. Not just talking to God, that is prayer, but prayer is also listening to God as well. Prayer is a conversation. If we come to God and prayer is about all the things on our list, and working through that list until we're exhausted, praying for all the things that we need to pray for, and then we go, okay, that's it over, time to go, and we don't take time to listen to what God says. How are we ever going to hear what God is saying? Hearing God is not just about tuning in, it's about tuning 
out other things. Sometimes it's about tuning out all the wrong stuff, tuning out to temptation, tuning out bad thoughts, tuning out bad attitudes. And if we have things that are going on in our lives that are not right, and let me say this really clearly, if there is, if we are harboring sin in our lives, if there are habits in our lives that we're not dealing with, then God wants to speak into that first and foremost. Let me be so clear about that. He wants to speak into that first. The stuff that's going on in our lives that isn't right, God's going to come and he's going to say, you need to get that sorted out. And when you get that sorted out, then we'll move on to the next stage. I know that because I've heard people say, oh, I felt God was saying such and such. And I'm looking at their lives and thinking, I don't know that God is saying that to you right now. I think what God is saying to you, you'll find in Galatians chapter 5. And read Galatians chapter 5 and you'll know what I mean. Because there can be things in our lives that are stopping us from hearing God. Maybe that's what was happening in Samuel's time with Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. That was their names. What strange names. But, but they were wicked. They were, they were dishonoring God. They were dishonoring the office of the priest. And they were just abusing people who were coming to the temple to offer their sacrifices. Maybe that's why they couldn't hear what God was saying. And yet a child, an innocent little child called Samuel, hears the voice of God in the middle of the night. Samuel. Here I am. I'm listening. I'm ready. What do you want me to do? And as you read on through the book of Samuel, you read how powerful a man Samuel became. I just want to say, I want to encourage us to, to, to become so familiar with the voice of God. The only way we will learn to discern the voice of God is by taking time to listen. And if we're maybe needing a help with that, say, this is what I felt God was saying maybe in my devotions or my prayers, and have a conversation with somebody about that who can help you to really discern. That's what Samuel did. He went to Eli and he said, yeah, what's happening? And Eli Eli gave him the advice and helped him to know what to do. Let's just finish off for today. Um, and, and Father, we just pray, help us to really listen to what you want to say to us. Lord, we are, we are so desperate sometimes to hear your voice, and yet, yet sometimes we're not tuned in to you because we're so filled by the distractions of life. Father, help us to take time every day just to be still before you and to hear that still, small voice, that voice of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Lord, help us to to know your voice in our lives, to respond to it. Father, to obey it. Lord, we know that you've already spoken to us through your word. Father, we think of the prophets who wrote the, the Old Testament part of the Bible. We think of Uh, uh, the apostles who wrote the New Testament. Father, we have this wealth of resource available to us, and you have so much to say to us through that already. And Lord, we pray that your Spirit would bring it to life in our hearts. I just want to encourage you today, if you've never heard God speak to you, then I would ask that you invite him into your heart today. God is stirring you up. And God has been making you feel curious. And at times God has been making you feel uncomfortable. And you're saying, what's happening in my life? And God is, God is stirring you. He's, he's moving you. He's trying to get you into a place where you can hear his voice. And the first step to being able to do that is by surrendering to him 
and to invite God into your life. You know, we've, we've thought today about we thought today about Jesus and what he accomplished for us. He died for our sins. He died that, that we might be forgiven, that we might have a fresh start. He died in order for us to have the Holy Spirit come and live in our lives and be our instructor and our teacher and our friend and our comforter. Jesus did all that for us, but Jesus is waiting for us to invite him in, to, to give up our, our attempts to try and do things in our own strength. Even, even our attempts to be a Christian in our own strength. Maybe God is saying to some people today, you've been trying to be a Christian in your own strength. I felt that was one of the things that came through earlier. You're trying to be a Christian in your own strength. Just invite him in and allow him to, to help you and to strengthen you. I'm just going to finish by praying two prayers. The first one is for people who want to respond to that today, who want to invite God in to their lives. The second one is a prayer for, for us as the church. If you've never invited Jesus into your life before, then this is a prayer you can pray quietly into yourself. Just repeat it after me. Dear God, I know that you've been stirring me up. I know that you've been making me feel uncomfortable at times. I invite you into my heart today. Holy Spirit, come in. Make me clean. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to have a fresh start today. Help me to hear your voice in my life. Help me to live a new life. Help me to stop trying to do it on my own strength and to learn to submit to you in your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we just pray that we would hear your voice in ever-increasing measure. Father, we long to hear your voice. We need to hear your voice. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to speak to us, through us. And Father, that you would do new things in each of our families. Lord, I just pray your blessing on every family that's represented by this church, whether here today in person, whether online, or Father, maybe off doing something else today. Father, we pray for every family that calls this church home. Lord, for your blessing upon each one. Father, for everyone in this room today, Father, I just pray your blessing as we go out into a fresh week. And Father, may we know your hand upon us. Lord, may we know uh, you speaking to us in new ways. Father, help us to be able to tune into you. Father, to tune out of all the other stuff sometimes that fills our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you keep you and may you have a great week and if you want to talk about anything that you've heard today you know just give me a shout happy to 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 do that okay lord bless you